right, so anybody online have a, in, in, any question about what we've talked about up to this point? Anybody online have any questions about anything we've talked to about up to this point? Uh, as far as, can y'all hear me? As far as uh, uh, communication, we talked about communication the last few days. Okay, so again, we're gonna start with those that are online with any thoughts or questions they may have as it relates to relationships, as it relates to your heart, boundaries, communication, anything we've talked to about to this point, or anything else as it relates to relationships. Oh, anybody online have a thought? Do you have them turned up? Okay, so we'll, we'll keep you turned up if you have a question about anything, and then uh, what about in the house? Anybody have a question about anything we've talked about? up to this point. If not, we'll get back into some more we got communication. One okay. Oh, um, you say we're talking about, uh, I guess, communication. Um, how can I put this? When, uh, I guess when you are trying to communicate, I guess not with I guess not with your mate, but with friends or colleagues. And you see that they are, I guess you see they're doing something wrong and you communicate to them that it is wrong. Do you pressure, do you keep pushing or you just let it, once you told them, is it that? you Like I guess you did your job by letting them know or do you, you see, like they might, I guess it's a default thing when you, once you tell them, they stop it, but then it goes back into default. Do you keep trying to tell them so they can get out of the default part, or do you just, as long as you did your part by telling them the first time, you just let it go? I have a, I have a thought. You want to yeah. speak to that first? Well, I would. Um, I would first ask if they're open to uh, have reminders when they find themselves doing the very thing that you asked them. Because first off, you wanna make sure they agreed with you, that yes, this is something I need to fix and change. Uh, then you can actually assist in that by offering yourself as being a conduit for that change. But you're gonna ask them, would it be okay, are you okay with me maybe reminding you, giving you a gentle reminder when you do it? Because sometimes, you know, uh, what I've learned over the years, sometimes, you know, uh, when, it's on when we're on default, we do it without even thinking it. And so, you know, if you uh, would allow me, I would be more than, you know, happy to kind of bring it to your attention uh, if you're okay with that. If they say no, then at that point you've done your job. Uh, pray and intercede for them, um, that kind of thing. But don't, you know, don't even try to, because I know sometimes the temptation is to look at them funny, like, see, if you had to listen to me, <laughs> I, you, would, you wouldn't be in a situation, you know what I mean? So you got to watch your body language that is not going to uh, almost say, I told you so. You know, so, and you know, we do that. We, we do that all the time. I've done it, I've done it with him. I've done it with probably a lot of people in life. So that's, that would be the one thing I would offer. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Okay, I mean, thank you. I mean, the only other thing is. Uh, Just in case it's it. Is, uh, I mean, trust in the Holy Spirit. I think we can't discount the value of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and him trying to assist us. I think when we know we're trying to help a situation and people either are looking at you like you're crazy, not listening to you, the natural man like wants them to get it and, and wants it fixed right away. The spirit man says, this is a step to fixing it. You know, because you do it with your kids or your family or whatever, you make somebody aware of something, step back and say, okay, I did my job, let the Holy Spirit take it from there. They'll be in a situation where they'll discover 
what you told them and come back, if you handle it right, they'll come back and go, I see what you were saying. I realize what you're saying. I remember you told me such and such. But we got to trust the Holy Spirit for that. Mm -hmm. That's really a great question. Um, because so many, um, so many times we, we want to put our hands on the situation. And oftentimes we really don't have uh, the ability to do that. You know what I mean? As much as we really want to do it. And so um, trusting that the Holy Spirit will bring it to the remembrance. Um, um, and, and then making allowances. One of the things I learned from him is, um, you know, asking questions. Like, really, I'm, it's an art to doing that. It really is. And if you ask the right questions, it will stimulate the answer in them. And if the answer comes from them, it's going to be easily easier for them to remember. Because remember, the, the goal is for them to discover, not for us to tell them. Because when you, you know, when, when you tell somebody something, it's almost like mental assent. Ah, oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I should be doing that. But when you got a revelation as to why you do what you should be doing, it's going to come across, you're going to be more mindful. You're going you're gonna to make every effort to try to do the right thing. So I think uh, asking questions for people to discover is big. It is really big. And that's something that I've actually started doing myself um, because it's so easy just to give them the answer. It is. It's just so easy, you know, less time. You don't have to worry about spending 15, 20 minutes to, to get them to, to, to embrace what you're saying. You're asking the right questions to stimulate them thinking of and even doing critical thinking. You know, a lot of times it's easy to just give, let's say Stella has an issue, you know, and I know the answer. But am I really helping Stella by just giving her the answer or can I assist Stella by just asking the right questions so that she can critically think about it? Like what would be an option? Like sometimes we, we, we uh, people call for counseling and things of that nature and they're looking for answers, right? Well, the scripture says that, that, uh, that uh, the answer actually is in the heart of man, but it takes a, a, a man of wisdom to draw it out. So the, 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 the answer is already in there, but it takes uh, a person, a man or a woman of God to draw that wisdom out. Well, how do you draw the wisdom out? By simply asking the right questions for them to think it through, to critically think. Like, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said, it, it, the person presented a problem. And so what I asked them, I said, so think about it just for a minute. Just think about it. What would you say would be the solution? Now, in my mind, it was like, oh, I, could, I can fix this right now. <laughs> And the person, it took them a little while. Like they sat, they, they could not come up with, with uh, you know, a solution. But at least they were, they were uh, encouraged to try. You know what I'm saying? Because we, it's easy for a quick fix, but the quick fix is usually a quick fix for the moment. It doesn't take root. And so I think it's important for us to challenge people and ask the right questions so that they can discover. It made me think about that. Yeah, Proverbs says wisdom is bound in the heart of a man. Uh, it takes a, a man of understanding to draw it out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we've learned, what our philosophy is, the answer is inside you already. Yeah. And so when you come for counsel, that person actually draws out or, or, or pulls out what's already in you because we don't have the answers. And the, the scripture says the strong bears the infirmity of the weak. So, all it is is the person that you're coming to is not dealing with your situation. They're not in your pain. They're not overwhelmed. So they're using their strength to assist you in pulling out what you could have done on your own if you had the strength or you wasn't dealing with the weight of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Or you wasn't dealing with the confusion of whatever the problem is or the difficulty in getting a job done. <laughs> right? Mm. Yeah, so... All right, any other uh, questions either online or in the house? Um, I have another question. Okay, our family went through something and I kind of knew from the jump street that it was gonna be problems or it's gonna be some people not liking because of the situation. It's always somebody that like what somebody else has did. And once it started, they were starting to tell me certain things. I said, I don't wanna hear it. I'm like, I don't want to be involved in that part of it. I do everything else but keep me out of the 
the hearsay, she say, that say, they don't like this, they don't like the way this is going. Now, that was my wisdom. Now, I just wanted to make sure I handled that the right way. Even when they started to talk about it, I was telling certain people, y'all need to leave that alone. Don't get involved with that. Do what y'all gonna do and just let the rest go and y'all can deal with it later. Is that the right call for that or should I have did, did it another way? Well, that's Bible. I mean, the Bible says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. Um, basically, uh, Philippians 2.14, basically what it's saying is do all things without magnifying the negative. You know, amplifying the obvious. Cause, cause, okay, so me and my wife talk about this a lot. So, because in our honesty, the, the, the answer is not in the, the, uh, the problem. The answer is at the core of the problem. But what's affecting people is the problem. In other words, it, well, such and such keep talking about such and such, and I can't believe this. I was telling them at the gym this morning. Uh, uh, so you had some guys that was controversial. And I was telling the guys, I said, you know, you're not going to beat them. Uh, arguing with them, going on the sidelines, hoping they lose, talking to, you know, on the sideline, you know, they was on the sideline, yeah, y'all weak, y'all weak, oh, you ain't there. I said, you ain't going to beat them that way. And I said, because the only way they can win is to muddy up the game. We call it muddying up the game, meaning the, the, create drama because they can't win with their talent. I said, so if you don't respond and do what you do normally, it's an easy win. I said, then, you're adding fuel to the fire. After a while, some of the, some of the, some innocent folk ain't gonna want to play. It's like, man, it's, I went up there. One game took three hours. You know, they didn't want to play. I said, so us magnifying the obvious is not what helps none of the situation. And all that is is, is the devil's smokescreen to stop us from seeing the solution. Remember, we talked about operating in meekness, persuading in return for attack, finding a way to reconcile in every situation. Actually, our first thought is how to reconcile this, not how to magnify it, how to stay away from it, how to, man, they tripping, how to cut people off. How do I figure a way of reconciliation? Because the longer we're in separation, we're separated from something, from, from a peace that's needed, especially when it comes to family. Yeah. You know, uh, when you asked the question, I thought about mediation. I used to actually be a mediator um, for the city of Columbus, and I mediated uh, family issues and neighborhood issues and stuff like that. And sometimes when you have someone who uh, has a clear thinking head or is neutral, um, they're easy, they can easily mediate between the chaos. And so... Um, one of the things that I'm just putting on the table also is if you know the people at hand, you know that one person is susceptible to being offended easily, then you got another person who's usually the offender because they don't watch over their mouths, you know what I mean? And you can almost be the go-between the two by giving both of them an understanding. So, it, you know, God could actually use you to almost put some peace in the situation, just so that, because uh, one thing as a, as a mediator, what I used to have to do was, I had to hear both sides, but then I had to crystallize the issue. So that really, so for instance, let's say, you know, I'm having a, a, a combat with him, and I say to him, you know, well, well, and, I'm and he's the mediator, well, he just makes me sick. Okay, so as a mediator, what I would do is, okay, does that mean that you physically throw up uh, when you say he makes you sick? You know, what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? So now what, what I'm doing is crystallizing the thought. And so he says, well, it's not that I physically throw up, but, you know, maybe it just, it hurts me when he says such and such. So now we're getting to the root of it, of what really the issue is at hand. So I think uh, uh, that, that, you know, we are all ministers of reconciliation, all of us. 
And, and so that's what the scripture says. So I think, you know, utilizing opportunities, especially when you have a clear thinking mind about the situation and God maybe highlights the, the root of it, because there's always a root. The other stuff is just fruit from the root. So if you are able to crystallize what the root of it is, then you can really now start to minister to all of them to bring it all together. And so that's just another food for thought. Yeah. Any other? <laughs> Any other questions or thoughts, either online or in the house? As it doesn't have to relate to communication, it can relate to anything. Hopefully that helped. You have a thought, don't you? Who? Sandeman. <laughs> you don't have a thought, or are you trying to think of a thought? <laughs> All right, if no one has a, a question. All right, so let's, let's get into some more of um, this uh, communication. Obviously, our foundation, one of our foundational scriptures has been James chapter 3, verse 17. Wisdom from above is first pure, uh, then peaceable, easy to be entreated. When, and the scripture says entreated means easily to be received. So if it's, if it's coming, if it's being pulled from wisdom, people can absorb it better. If it's pulled from the flesh, if it's pulled from your mind, if it's pulled from your feelings, if it's pulled from intellect, it may be the right information in the wrong package, right? So remember we talked about making communication catchable uh, earlier this week. And then, um, I, so if the, you know, that being our foundation scripture, I gave you earlier the strong bears the infirmities of the weak. Um, and so for our conversations, when we say weak, uh, men could, weaken a conversation because of their logic. So logic sometimes for a man is a weakness. When you're really trying to relate to, to maybe someone that may be a little more emotional or you need some wisdom and understanding. If you depend on your logic and not wisdom, um, it can weaken your ability to be heard, received, or communicate. Oh. For the female at, at their core, again we've already talked about it's not like a female doesn't have logic and a male doesn't have emotions. Female, her emotions uh, can weaken the conversation. So the strong bears the infirmities of the weak means in my situation, if I'm talking to somebody and they're being emotional, um, I, I'm bearing the emotions by making sure I'm patient and I, and I operate in, in, in a level of wisdom. If, 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 if she's dealing with someone and they're just exhaustive, overly breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. In this particular case, that would be Keith. You know, then <laughs> she has to bear, <coughs> bear the infirmity of the weak in that particular situation. That's uh, Romans 15.7. Uh, and, and so basically what we're doing is we're operating as priests. The scripture says we're royal priesthood. In first, first Peter 2.9. So we operate as priests. One thing if you study our priests, they always brought offerings, right? So we're, we're offering things. Uh, Ty gave the example of the guy at work. He's offering some solutions. Uh, you always hear us talk about considerations around here. You're offering considerations in every situation. So that, man, that diffuses ego. That diffuses intellect, that diffuses emotions because there's an offering. But if, if your approach is like, if your approach is absolute or, or how can I put it, like almost like you, you bypassing a person, you just need to do this. Well, a person can defend it, they can feel like they're being controlled, they can feel like, um, they're not being listened to. They could feel like you don't, you know, you don't have a reverence or respect for them, you know. So, but when you're offering something, you're not making the choice for them. You're just giving them the consideration. You're not stealing their voice. I want to put this on the table. Uh, the priest makes offerings. You know, as you could, you know, as we read through the Bible, uh, someone was received and someone wasn't. You know, remember uh, Cain and Abel, right? <laughs> And so that, that's how, uh, how it goes with an offering. Um, the American Standard Version of, of, of uh, Hebrews 5 says, who can bear gently with the ignorant and the erring for he himself also, no, I'm sorry, the uh, 
American Standard Version of Romans 15. Romans 15. Five. I thought it was 5-2. No, nah, nah, that's, that's, that's Hebrews. That's something else. Oh, okay. It says uh, Romans 15-1. Who can bear gently with the ignorant and erring for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? So that's why we have to bear the infirmities of the weak. But we were out eating one time, and um, I think Stella will remember this. So we was out eating. So the family across from us was uh, speaking, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm going to just say Mexican. in, in Hispanic language, okay? So I said, so do you understand that? She says, well, no, no, they, they're, they're from a different culture. They're speaking differently. But see, just because it sounded the same to me, I'm like, oh, Stella, what they saying? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Ask <laughs> Now, she didn't say that, but she could have said that. But what she explained to me is, okay, even within that language, there's so many different cultures. There's languages within the language, you know. And so we have to realize that, too. With all the people that we talk to, there's languages within the language. And, you know, uh, we learn that as pastors, but I'll tell you personally, I learned a lot. You heard me say the other week, I, I'm studying everybody's culture. I'm studying cultures because people, uh, people for, uh, how can I say, conform to their culture sometimes without thinking about it. That's okay. But when they meet people from other cultures, they don't, they don't orientate them to how they flow. Well, or find out how they flow. So I'm from Newark, New Jersey. How many people have really took the time out to understand my culture? To understand why I communicate the way I do. Like I'm not, I could be doing nothing personal. It could be, I might not even realize what I'm doing if no one says nothing. But guess what? You may not realize what you're doing if no one says nothing. You see what I'm saying? In some cultures, you are taught Everybody is taught, do not question any level of authority. The authority could be wrong, but you don't, you don't question authority no matter what. Now, you, you're still, you're, how, how do I flow with authority if I don't ask questions? Right? Like, like if I'm playing for a coach and I don't ask some questions, how do I know how to, how to play in the game? So, so you are supposed to ask questions. You're just not supposed to come in like, you don't know what you're talking about, questioning. Those are two different things. So what I find out is some, some people from different cultures, I'm not going to say what culture, I was like, oh, okay, so they're not used to confronting anything. But that's been their culture. So now I have to ease them into the value of addressing behavior and confronting situations. No, not because it's something that I've learned to do. It's because it's something that God requires of us. You see what I'm saying? So we all have different cultures, but we're, we've what? We've uh, given our life to, to, to the Lord. Now we're being colonized into what? The body of Christ. So our culture is the kingdom culture now. Uh -huh. So that means what? We're lining our life up with what? The word. Remember, we have four sources of authority. Survival kit. Right? What's, what's, what's the four sources of authority? Training. <laughs> yeah, so we just, I just make sure everybody's here. The four sources of authority. I knew. I saw what you was doing. I saw exactly what you was doing. She said, this is relationship boot camp. <laughs> right. But see. All right, so... So, so now look at that in terms of all this ties into relationships and communication. We have all these people from all these different cultures. So let's go by what we were saying about, uh, uh, I'm going to just finish this thought and then jump in, okay? That's fine. We were saying about Stella, how Stella was saying that within those, the language, their language is within the language, right? Basically what she was saying is this culture is within the culture. That, you can't tell everybody, oh, you're from Africa. I know how y'all are. And know what they'll tell you? Africa is not a city. Africa is not a state. Africa is a continent. <laughs> you know, like, 
you realize like on a continent there's so many different cultures. So having all these different cultures, you got I'm from Newark, you got Cleveland over here. I talked to a guy yesterday from Cleveland. I don't even know if you know he's from Cleveland, because he because he ain't know you was from Cleveland. Right? So so you got Cleveland, you got Columbus, you got okay, we uh, this is a perfect example. We're both from New Jersey. Cinnamon's from New Jersey and I'm from New Jersey. Two different cultures. Even in New Jersey, right? Right? Two different places. Like, uh, uh, she's uh, from further south Jersey. I'm from north Jersey. Two different places. And so now we got all these different places. You know, uh, Stella's has been all over the world. So, <laughs> you know, including uh, Wisconsin. Right? Well, I add that. You know, just honorable mention. But, so, so with all these different places and these different cultures, now how are we going to flow together? And see, we could rub, you know, we could rub each other the wrong way. Me and me and my taking runs and yelling at the top of my lungs, and she's like, "Are you crazy? Like, why are you yelling at the top of your lungs?" I was like, "Well, you know, that's what I do when I run. You know, attention." <laughs> I was doing a lot of things that did, I was doing all my life until she was like, "You okay?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. Why?" She was doing things. I was like, "Well, why would you do that?" Now we're in the kingdom. So this is how we relate. God's way of communicating. God, he says speaks the truth, truth and love. Right? Actually, the scripture, we'll get into it either next week or when I get back to the basics, but I think we might get to next week. But the scripture talks so much about challenging each other, uh, rebuke, chastisement. All this is in communication. It talks about all these things in communication. But if you leave it up to a lot of us, you know what communication for us is? Hey, hey I ain't saying nothing. You gonna say something? I ain't saying nothing. Let's get Mikey. <laughs> right? But that's not effective because you're gonna store it up and then explode later. Right? Effective communication is addressing behavior, assuming they don't know, and making them aware of it. That was really good. And I'll tell you, the reason why I think the biggest thing I got out of it was um, the Bible uh, has all of our language. And if the Bible has all of our language, then it becomes the, the authority over all of us. You know, um, and you made me think about it. You know, how some, sometimes people think, well, just because you're black, then you're like African. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you should relate because you're black, you know. And uh, so, so, soul man. Yeah. You, you, you could ball because you, you. <laughs> Right, right. So, but but the this really centers all of us. The Bible does, and and it speaks all of our language, and that's that's big. I mean, it really is big. So, I said that to say, when you come from the Bible standpoint, in any situation then you can potentially be speaking everybody's language. You are, at, you know, if, if they would abide by that, the, that authority, that final authority. So that's good. So, it so, centers us. You know, so, so I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I forgot I had a, the other mic on. All right, so, so when thinking about that, it's not just what you see looking out. So you have these lenses. So, so it's, not just, it's not just what you see. It's also what they see looking in. What what? So so sometimes, like let's say, you're in a conversation. All of us have had this conversation where, you know what? Uh, you may say, well, you know what? You just you just talk you you talk so much. I can't get a word in. You're affected by their conversation, correct? And really, you're like, man, I'm just trying to get something in. How many times have you heard from the person, uh, yeah, uh, you talk just as much, right? And you're like, no way. But you're not timing your conversation. You're timing their conversation because you have something you want to say. Sometimes we're, we, we say you, the person is not patient with us, but we're not patient. See, it's so easy to assess how we're affected 
what we are blind to is how we're affecting. You see, that's, that's what, you had a thought? <laughs> no, I just had a thought. Yeah, I did have a thought. It was, it was a thought where I, had, I used to always tell him, man, you just talk too much. I can't get an edgewise in. And then one time, just to prove my point, I actually timed him. <laughs> he doesn't know, but I did time him, and it was quite, it was quite a lot. <laughs> it, it, it probably was. And, and tell you how we two of a kind, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I even, uh, I, I even have a video. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and but 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 uh, what I realized though, as much as I was doing the timing and stuff like that, I, you know, I talk a lot. You see what I'm saying? Like, so that's just you know, uh, you have know, talk a lot. I have a lot to say. You know what I'm saying? So, so the reason why I didn't. Uh, show the video or the timing is because I talk just as much. You know what I'm saying? But see, I'm, on, I'm affected by when I'm trying to say something. My spouse is affected by when she's trying to say something. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and the reality is, you always, hear, you always hear us say this, a lot of times when you're affected by something, it's a reflection of you. And the reason why God allows that is so we all stay humble. See, if we, if, if we take the time to assess and break down someone, right, there's, there's, we're saying something. In our, in our mind, we're going, I have what I'm breaking down and assessing. I already have together. So that's not, there's a level of humility lost there. But humility is understanding that, well, the scripture says what? It says take the mode out of your own eye. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what we see that's affecting us is the, 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 the mode in our eyes. Like looking through your glasses and you going, you know, man, Ray, you done got darker. You know, like, but my lenses are smudged. <laughs> And I'm going, and Ray's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm pretty much the same thing. I ain't been in no sun. No, no, dude, you've you really gotten darker. Or looking at someone and saying, I don't know if I can trust you, but you have the pain of, people, of people's betrayal in your lenses. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times we're looking through skewed lenses thinking we're making accurate assessments. Uh, me and my wife were talking about this coming in today and I said you know I said the thing is what happens is if we could just seek to understand the Bible says our life is not our own we've been bought with a price glorify God in your, your body and in your spirit but think about this if our life is about others we're always looking to understand if our life is about ourselves, all we want is to be understood that's the only thing that's important so when, some, when, when, when something happens, if our life is about ourselves, we're going to magnify how it affected us. If our life is about others, we're going to try to understand why that person flows that way. Now think about that and think about how we flow on a daily basis. Some of us have never really had to consider other people. So when something happens, we're going to consider what we've normally considered ourselves. We never had to go beyond ourselves because it's been all about us. Either it's been about us because we've made it about us and we've been isolated. It's been about us because we've been spoiled. It's been about us because of our major achievements in life, whatever the case may be. You know, so some of us have never had to look outside of ourselves. So as soon as something happens, oh, you tripping. Because we've been used to being catered to. But God has designed us to be selfless and seek to understand. Mm. See, we're quick to give an assessment of what others are doing. Where is that same level of uh, uh, value on what we're doing? How many times have we took the time to assess how we actually operate and flow? But we'll, 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 we'll throw out how somebody else flows in a heartbeat. 
And see, and that's, that affects relationship because that's not what the purpose of the relationship is to magnify the obvious. Obviously, what you've magnified is how the person is. What's the solutions and options are you offering? Because God brought you in that person's life to be an agent of change, not to magnify the obvious, and not to be an agent of complaint. But see, when you have no patience, when your life is about you, you figure, okay, the person came in my life to be about me, right? And I'm about me. So the overkill is everything's about me. When a balance is the person's the life is about me, my life is about them. That's a balance. But if, Ma if Pastor Mel's life is about her and my life is about her, it's overkill. My life's supposed to be about her. Her life's supposed to be about me. Does that make sense? Right, any thoughts about that? Yeah, so that, that basically takes uh, selflessness. I mean, really. Um, and we live in an age in where everybody uh, is tempted to be selfish. And, you know, it's, it's what I want, uh, you know, and uh, me, my four, no more. And God really, really needs us to get out of ourself and really start to think of other people. I, was, I had a, a good example of what he was talking about. I had a, a session today where a person, it, I was giving the person some, some, some insight. And the person, it almost sounded like the person was coming up with reasons why what I was giving them wouldn't work. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you came for some advice, but I feel like I'm fighting for you to, to get the advice. And so uh, then it hit me, okay, I need to understand, because I, what, I, what I told the person, I said, so when you come up with, well, I tried that, I did that, I did this, I did that, that doesn't work. Uh, you know, you're just coming, almost making it seem like a hopeless situation. And uh, so I, I, I asked the person, I said, uh, I don't think this is your intent, but sometimes when, when, you, when, when someone's giving you advice, your response to the advice, it, it, it comes off like, like it's a hopeless situation. Like you're, you just, there's no answer to your situation. Do you, do you get that? And she was, she was like, well, no, I don't really necessarily get it. And um, so anyway, I got away, we hung up and everything, and make a long story short, I called the person back because what I did was I had, I said, well, let me understand what's really going on. Because if she's, if that's not her intent to make me think that she's in a hopeless situation and she wants me to get it, then, then maybe I need to understand where, does, where is this coming from? Why is, why is, why is it this feeling like she's in a hopeless situation? And so it hit me. The person needed more details. So if I gave an instruction of something that to me might be something relatively simple, but to her, she needed actually A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I might've gave her A. A to me was like, well, B, C, D, E, F, G goes with A. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so, but I realized because again, I'm seeking to understand. I'm seeking to understand. And so when I, when I looked back over the conversations, not just this time, but even before, it, it's, it's a common thing that I noticed. And I was like, ah, that's what it is. The person really needs details, how to, you know, how, and even my how to needed to be a little bit more uh, explained. And so now I have the right language. To, to talk to her now, you know what I'm saying. But had I not thought about, well, you know, this person just needs to get it. I mean, because you know, after a while, you can be that way. You could be like, well, you know what? Look, uh, you just exhausted me <laughs> at this point. I'm, you know, I, I don't know what else to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Instead of doing that, I had to, I had to not lean to my own understanding, but ask God for some wisdom to understand where it was coming from, because it was coming from a place. Honestly, had I not been with the mindset of understanding, it could have easily breezed over and then it just be like, you know, wow, I just don't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? So seeking to understand is so vitally important. 
It really is. It's so vitally important. And as a result, I was able to talk to the person and say, I get it now. And honestly, when I, when I told the person, the person was so relieved uh, because they felt what? Understood. So. That's good. You know, we have to remove uh, that double standard, you know, uh, and the double standard is, is am I allowing what I've been allowed? So, so, so. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what was I saying? Double standard. So, so, so you know how, let, let's say you're working on your memory, you know, and was that amen? Okay. So let's say you're working <laughs> on your memory. So what's your thought? Your thought was, hey, I'm working on my memory. Be patient with me. Sometimes I forget things, right? All right. But let's say you're working with someone that has a good memory. Well, it's going to take a level of patience for you to even understand that. Like, okay, you already said you're working on your memory. So you require a level of patience and understanding. Well, the person... The other person requires a level of patience and understanding too. For whatever they're working on. Could be to be more patient with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or like sometimes, you know, and we've all gone through this. Like you're going, well, I, you know, I don't understand why they don't get it. I don't understand why they don't do this. But there's so many situations where we don't get it mm -hmm. and we ain't doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, or like with your kids. Well, you know, they just need to listen to me more and be more obedient. But God said the same thing. Yeah. But you want God, God understand. Yeah, I'm still getting it together. But you ain't <laughs> letting the other person get it together. You see what I'm saying? Like it's 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 yeah. It's it's so subtle how we expect things mm -hmm. that we don't give. Mm -hmm. Right? We expect the level of of, you know, uh what is it? God's not finished with you yet, but then you want the other person finished today, like right away now, you know. So, so, so let's try to remove that uh, double standard. I did want to, we did we did want to get into uh, just a little bit more on communication, and uh, from the topic uh, impatient, or we'll 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 use this phrase angry communication, impatient or angry communication. And that's when you don't want to understand or you don't want to know the truth. You don't want to understand and you don't want to know the truth. That's going to facilitate an impatient and angry communication. Because what? You mad first. Remember we said assumed intent? You, got, you get mad first. And, and this is the thing. When you're mad first, how it looks is a man at a state of escalated anger has a volatile presentation. Because remember, men are like uh, men are like lions, right? <laughs> men are like, you know, we roar, right? <laughs> so so if 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 we're at a state of escalated anger, it's gonna look volatile. A woman, a, a, a woman is not equipped to maintain her security in this type of environment. Mm -hmm. She's tempted to extreme fright. You know, it's, it's not on purpose, it's just like, cause I remember in the early years, I just figured I'm being Keith, you know, I'm mad, this is how I express myself. And then uh, the Lord was like, boy, well first of all, my wife told me, but I couldn't hear her back then. Well, he's like, you scaring her. And you know, it scared me that I was scaring her. Cause I'm like, scaring her, you know, just, you know, <laughs> that's how I talk or whatever. Something crazy like that, right? Um, all right. So, so, so that's a man, at es a man at a state of escalated anger is volatile. A woman is not equipped to maintain her security in this type of environment. So to protect herself, she's tempted to extreme fright or flight. You know, my wife told you to, uh, in the early years, running to the bathroom, locking the door, right? So... A woman at the state of escalated anger is hysterical. A man is not equipped to be patient in this type of environment, and he's tempted to extreme frustration. So again, you're, you're, the person you're talking to 
they're not designed to deal with hysteria or volatility. And they're going to try to protect themselves in either frustration or fright. Thought. Yes, and that's why the fruits of the Spirit is so necessary. It really is. And, and he always says, you know, don't put the quarter in the machine and we want to play the game. I used to say that. <laughs> he used to say that, yeah. And, you, know, you know, but I don't know that I put the quarter in the machine, you know. What did I say? You know how, uh, so you got quarters. She was just like, just, you know how you play the game and you lose right away, you just keep putting your quarters in? <laughs> That's what she was. Or like somebody at their houses, they, got, they don't have quarters and you just keep pushing the button. Because they bypass the quarters. She's bypassing the quarters. She's just pushing the... <laughs> but, the but the challenge oftentimes, and everybody can attest, you don't know what button you're pushing. Exactly, exactly. You know, so that's why it's important for us all to really, really uh, cultivate the fruits. I mean, I can't, I can't say that enough, that the fruits of the Spirit will keep us out of a lot if we would just cultivate those fruits. Um, if you find that you have a temper and... If you want to figure out, well, how do I know if I got a temper? Well, ask the person that you're with. <laughs> do you sometimes go off when it's unnecessary? You know, sometimes people go off when it's, right. you know, you get, you're easily offended, you know, and you can't say anything. The person's walking on eggshells. Then that, that's a sign that you, you're a little sensitive about that and, will, you know, and, and have an issue not walking in the spirit. So I would say, you know, cultivate the, the fruits of the spirit is so vitally important. So vitally important. So, so, so and, and this is interesting because each party wants the other to control their behaviors mm -hmm. after they're escalated. So, so, the, so if I'm dealing with, with hysteria, I want that person to control it. There's no woman I've ever known once she's gotten to a point of hysteria that she's controlled it. Because she's clouded at that point. And when she calms down, her mind will tell her, see, you've just controlled the situation, but you don't know how long you've been out. We're going to call it like, you know, you, you know, you like a blackout. You don't know how long you was on the blackout. All you knew is when you woke up, you know, you, you ever see people in a, they wake up out of a coma and they think it was like uh, a day later. It's like, well, you've been in the coma for seven months. You know what I'm saying? But as far as they're concerned, what? You know, just a couple of minutes went by. Same thing with a guy. You know, you, you know, once we gone, you know, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're being volatile. What? I, I'm calm. Oh, yeah, you're calm now. But, you know, for the last five hours, you gone. Like, you was gone, gone. Like, and now you're talking about how you're in control. Yeah, what about how you scared me for five hours, right? That is not the time to control a behavior. Um, what she said about the fruits of the spirit is the key. Not allowing the flesh the power to take you there, but not feeding it when you're not in a misunderstanding situation. So in other words, when you care about a relationship and you care about your communication, whatever level it is, you work on not feeding the flesh ahead of time. Not, I'm going to feed the flesh. Now when I get into the situation and the flesh is the first response, I'm going to control it. It's too late then. Right, you have to uh, 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 be proactive by the uh, uh, the fruits of the spirit, as Pastor Pastor Mel's been talking about that throughout this. <laughs> right, she's been talking about that throughout, just just walking in the fruits of the spirit. So, and and that goes with when you're walking in the fruits of the spirit, you're going to be more offering in conversations, not force. When you're forcing conversation, you're going to agitate, aggravate, uh, push someone to hysteria or frustration, right? You want to offer. Don't demand of them. That's control. Give of yourselves to them. Demand of God. Don't demand of them. That's control. Give of yourselves to them and demand of God. Don't focus on the symptoms of the root focus on the root of the situation the scripture says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood all that is is diversions that that's diversions and, and distractive behavior any thoughts about that babe? uh yeah i just wanted to kind of go over what the lord gave me as it relates to the fruit mm -hmm. uh so love we know that's one of the fruits right love ripens uh or love ripen it becomes a total reflection of God. 
when love is ripened, uh, or perfected, we'll say, uh, when, our, when the fruit of joy is ripened, it becomes our strength. You know, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Uh, when the fruit of our peace ripens, it surpasses all understanding. Uh, when the fruit of temperance or self-control ripens, we have self-control. We will not walk in the spirit. We will walk in the spirit, I'm sorry, and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When our faith of uh, faith of, of gentleness or fruit of gentleness, I'm sorry, when our fruit of gentleness is ripened, our answers become soft. Uh, Proverbs thir- uh, 15, 1. Um, when our fruit of kindness ripens, wisdom comes out of our mouth. Proverbs 31, 36. She opens her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. And then when our fruit of faithfulness ripens, then we are committed. So I just wanted to kind of revisit that. So it, the fruit is so vitally important. Number one, the fruits locate where you really are. I mean, you can judge yourself, ourselves, by the fruit. What, what kind of fruit are we, we, we giving out? Uh, if we find ourselves not, uh, you know, being out of self-control, then we know we need to get back in line. You know, uh, sometimes, like he says, sometimes sometimes when you get out of line, you may not be aware. But then there are times that you are aware. You can be aware when you're out of line. And that's the time to go ahead and try to stop it and then keep keep it moving. You know what I mean? I should just. uh, (laughs) Just uh, maybe I just keep holding it. Yeah. Uh, um, The uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. Something I'm constantly working on. Um, body language, basically your body language. And so you have to ask yourself, are they attracted to your brilliance or are they turned off by your bitterness? Are they attracted to your brilliance or are they turned off by your bitterness? You know, and, and it's, you know, when, when there's something going on inside of us, that's why we have to speak the truth and love and we have to express ourselves. But when we're storing something, it expresses itself without our permission through our body language. Mm. And a lot of times it creates so so much confusion because it doesn't, since it's not asking your permission, you don't even know it's been expressed. Like our, our, our bodies, our facial expressions and stuff like that, be holding the whole conversation and you don't even know. But why is it doing that? Because there's something on the inside. It's almost like your body language is going, I'm telling them. Yeah, you're like, no, I'm not going to say nothing. Your body's like, okay, well, I'm going to tell them then. Since you ain't going to say nothing, I'm going I'm to tell them. And then you sitting there figuring, like, you done kept something to yourself. Or you figure, well, or you might even be processing, I don't know how I'm going to say this. I ain't saying it. Because they ain't going to be able to handle it or whatever the case may be. Man, but your body done said the whole thing. And so it steals your brilliance and it can come across course or confusing the person's like something something's I know something's wrong like you don't have to be mad you don't have to be tripping it could just be something rubbed you the wrong way you know as we've grown we know each other so we I mean we flow in a particular harmony so when it's no when it's if it's tense if it's not in harmony or one of us have uh disconnected it could be for a minute be like okay what's happening with you so I, I could be like, I'm good, you know, but I could be thinking through, okay, now, so why'd you say that? And why was that necessary? So now I'm processing through all that, figuring, okay, let me process through it. It ain't all that serious, but she done picked up, okay, now what happened? And vice versa. I already know, like, okay, I, listen, I, I was picking up them signals from like, like way back in the, the early years. I was like, okay, okay, something done changed up in this car. Yeah, we we cracking jokes, getting along great, and all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere changed. And I was like, okay, something something happened. She she's back then, this ages ago. She'd be like, nothing. But I'm like, nothing. I'm like, man, we the vibe was great up in here. Something happened. I I don't know what it is, but something happened. And the thing is, your body tells what happens. And 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 um and sometimes we we uh. Where we talk about how we want to be or 
or the changes we were going to make or the changes that we're committing to make or we may even apologize for what we've done so I've been saying that you say but have you been living that and what was the package for that communication so our package for the communication is 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 big and I know I generally I, I think this is my thinking that doesn't mean it's correct I mean well all the time but I don't always have the package that way without even knowing it you know actually I remember when we first moved out here so, so uh, I remember my first service that my cousin was at so she was a uh, people she's fellowship with people so I might be talking to the person later and they were telling me yeah your cousin was saying when you was young you had a chip on your shoulder so the first person I talked to I don't know about I, I think I told you this but so then I was talk, I talked to somebody else and they told me the same story then I talked to somebody else I said man wow like you know and you know for me that's so long ago I was like and then I hit, then it hit me I said this is her memory of me I was like wow I said like so keeping it real this is what she knows of Keith <laughs> that dude with a chip on his shoulder and I did you know I, mean, I, I felt that they treated me wrong everybody owed me you know right but you I, but on the inside I'm thinking that ain't right what they did but on the outside it's being expressed like all y'all gonna pay but I'm not on the inside thinking all oh, y'all gonna pay I'm on the inside thinking man why would they do something like that to me why would they even like what did I do to deserve that like is this something happened in a, you know like while well, I was up in heaven and I'm getting punished for it here like you know and but on the outside it came across like I dare you to say something to me just, just open your mouth. See what happens. But I'm not thinking that. Like I, I want relationships. I want people to like me. I want to get along with everybody. But I was chasing them away with a bitter presentation. But it wasn't aware of it. It wasn't no brilliance. Now I'm, I'm growing. You know. Well, well, listen. From Newark, I'm eons away from there. But we, you know, you don't get a brownie. You don't get brownie points because you're not like you were in Newark. <laughs> you know, so you get brownie points for evolving into what God has purposed you to be. I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts about this. <laughs> well, <laughs> take, some, take some deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was one of the biggest issues, I think, uh, that we dealt with or I dealt with was his... Well, can I just cut you off for a second? Okay. You just said it was one of the biggest issues you think... <laughs> I think, oh, you, 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 you know, you well, it, no, I think it really was. It was one, one of the, I <laughs> it was just one of the, the de things that. De definitely on the top. Yeah, it's up one. there. It's, it's up there. <laughs> so his, his presentation didn't match with what he was saying. And so it just, to me, and I'm a discerner, and so. I'm like, okay, not picking up something, you know, but for whatever reason, it just, they were like this. And, and I was like, not, no, I ain't crazy. Cause after a while, I was like, you start to second guess yourself. Like, I know what I see, you know? So what I started to do, <laughs> and I think I shared this with you. I, um, I hope so. Yeah. You, you, I, I said, <laughs> I do better when I don't have my contacts on. Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah, so, what if we're if we're in a, a a debate of any kind or something that just seems like it's a tough conversation, and I know it's going to be you know something that's going to rub him wrong. I purposely don't have my my glasses on, and I purposely am far away so I can't see his expressions because his expressions to me it says a lot. You know, when you you know if if, if let's say you and I'm just going to do one of the ones that you do. Uh, and now this to me looks like 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 I'm bored and I'm ready for this to be over already. <laughs> like you know. So this is good. This is good. So and what I this is good because we actually talk about this one. So you're right. But that's me. Okay. So like for ages now, definitely with her. But for ages, I always heard about my countenance. You're scaring people. You're intimidating people. People think you mean. And I like like sometimes I wouldn't even have known. 
I was like, well, I mean, like, what? <laughs> or somebody meet me, man. You're, <laughs> so, so, so I was being, I, I met somebody, and they was like, you know, you're a real nice guy, man. Uh, man, I didn't know that. Or we'd be at a fellowship, and one, remember one young lady was like, Keith Bradley cracks jokes. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I did, but see, I, I used to be on, uh, remember I was on, um, I was an armor bearer, and I was on mm-hmm. w- what you call security, the security team. So I'm, I'm like the dude at, with the England. I'm on post. So most time when people saw me at church, I'm on post. And then people would try to have counsel sessions. Imagine thousands of people. They would try to. So if you got a line, it was longer than, than, than the back of this aisle. The line, people waiting to greet the pastor. So imagine if each person took 20 minutes. Mm. Oh, we there the whole night. So at a certain point in the line, we actually had to, I, I, used to be, I used to be maybe back here, he was up here. I had to keep stepping closer. Almost like I'm looking right in your face in the conversation and let you know like, it's a greeting line. We can't spend the whole time on counseling, the pastor will never get home. But most people, that's, all, that's the only place they saw me. So it was like, oh man, this dude is all business. Um, and so I said, okay, so. I gotta figure something out. So really, a lot of times when, when I do this, I'm just I'm I'm just relaxing to say I'm I'm just engaging. Till she said to her, it looks like I'm bored. I'm like I'm not bored. I'm trying to do my best to be unassuming and not be mean. You know. So well, to me, not, not to, me to, to me this is like well, not depending on the situation. Humble. Well, depending on the situation, it can come across either bored or even mm-hmm. um, um, like impatient. Impatient. Yeah. Yeah, and perfect example. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying. No, 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 leave it, leave it. But like I've seen uh, my cousin do that for years, but I never took it that way. Because I do it and I'm not impatient. I'm not bored. I'm like, actually, it's give that person a chance to say what they got to say and make sure you don't say nothing. That's me doing that. Like, or that's me. I do it in service. I'm like, I'm just locked in because I, I want the person to know I'm, I'm a look in my eyes. I'm looking at you. I'm attentive. I'm not just, oh, please. I'm, I'm really like, hey, let me just check this out. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of, oh, I'm sorry. Let me just check this out. That's kind of my flow. And then when, uh, she told me recently, but I was like, "Really?" I said, "I would have never thought that in a million years, because I don't think like that. Like I'm never, I never think people are boring or is unassuming. It's my way of really engaging." So she said that that look didn't match what I told her. Right. Exactly. So I had to learn. I told him, I said, and I, I think I apologized to you. I said, because over the years, what I did was I looked at that look, whatever the look was, and, and I came up with a, what I thought the look looked like, and it was far from it. And then I told him the other thing, too, I was doing was even the, uh, the whole insecurity thing. The whole insecurity thing that I dealt with early on in our marriage was I, for Actually, for no one, uh, there was no man in my life that I could trust. At some point, they failed me from my father all the way to before I met him. So there, there was hurt as a result of that, right? And so I didn't trust men. And so I studied men. I actually studied men and so in my mind and I was giving him uh, I was giving him an explanation but it came off like I was justifying I think it's probably what 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 was going on at that time was it right it was like <laughs> well I give you an example I give you an example remember uh, Eastern Mall right so we're walking through Eastern Mall so we're both what walking straight ahead right we're both what looking straight ahead <laughs> so evidently based on what I found out later some young lady must have walked by right so my wife says I saw you looking at that young lady and I was like huh like, <laughs> so I said what young lady right 
So then she says, no, 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 I saw you looking at a young lady. I said, really? She says, yeah, I was looking at you looking at the young lady. I said, this is what I said, how is that possible? I said, because if I'm looking straight ahead, you're looking straight ahead. That means you saw someone that you maybe sized up as somebody somebody would look at. You looked at me. So while you was looking at me, you still wasn't looking at what I was looking at. You're looking at me now. Then if you go back and look at the, the person, you're still not looking at my eyes. So how are you assuming what's on the inside of my eyes and what I'm looking at? The person could have walked in the view. Uh, I could be looking at the car down the street. It's a thousand things. And, and, and so I said, for example, you tell me you're a people watcher. I just take your word for it. But I still don't know what you processing when you're watching people. <laughs> like, you, this dude, like, this dude looked like he, he, you know, he cut, he whatever. And you may go, now this is the difference between me and her. She'll say, man, that dude got a lot of muscles. She's not, but she's not, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I know my wife. She's not checking this dude out. But if I were to say, man, she sure got a lot of muscles, that's going to be an argument. And I used to always go, this is weird. Like, you're holding conversations about what you're looking at. You're assuming that I'm processing things like you. But I, I just, I've never been that type of way. You know, you, you, so we've actually had, had to have conversations. I wasn't that way when I was in the world. Like, I, I cut out the train myself not to lust after woman before we even met. You see what I'm saying? So, but if you're used to that, what? You put on the lenses of this is what guys do. And so you're looking, yeah, this is probably another, like, this is your life. It's not my world. I've never even been, that's not my world. You see what I'm saying? So we've actually had to walk through, and I would explain, babe, I'm not, I'm not on that page. But it's hard to believe if that's all you've ever seen. And then you watch all your shows. Your show says, this is how women are. This is how men are. Based on what? <laughs>